Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering, delivering made-from-scratch hot meals and individual boxed lunches for fast distribution to offices, warehouses, and factories, even on nights and weekends. Details are at grandmascatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Brian Ellison. Today is Monday, March 27th. Coming up, Missouri has a record budget surplus, and this week lawmakers will take up what is potentially its biggest plan for spending state dollars ever. So why isn't the Republican governor's plan sailing smoothly through the Republican-controlled legislature? We'll find out. But first, our weekly roundup of the latest government and politics news on both sides of the state line. The Kansas Supreme Court will hear arguments in two key abortion cases today. As Rose Conlon of the Kansas News Service reports, it's part of an effort by Republican Attorney General Chris Kobach to challenge abortion rights. Kobach is asking the court to reconsider its 2019 ruling that found the state constitution protects the right to an abortion. In that decision, the court blocked a state ban on a common second trimester abortion procedure. The decision prompted a statewide vote last year on whether to strip abortion protections from the state constitution. Voters overwhelmingly rejected that idea. Kobach is also challenging a block on certain regulations for abortion clinics, which doctors have argued are unnecessary. The ideological makeup of the court has not significantly changed since its earlier abortion rulings. Lawmakers in the Republican-led Missouri House advanced a substantial tax cut last week. And as Jason Rosenbaum reports, the move drew a strong rebuke from Democrats. Representative Dirk Deaton's legislation cuts the state's income and corporate taxes. It also eliminates taxes on Social Security, which GOP State Representative David Evans of West Plains says will help seniors. It's going to help all those folks out there that have been working all their life, that may have worked two or three different jobs. But Democrats like State Representative Deb Lavender of St. Louis County say her colleagues will regret cutting taxes when the state has so many needs. It would be nice if once you tried something different than offer a historic tax cut that just keeps us living in poverty. The bill now heads to the Missouri Senate. And the Kansas City Council race is starting to heat up as the April 4th primary election draws near. Three candidates are running for the two general election slots for the 4th in-district seat. Current council member Eric Bunch is challenged by Chrissy Dastrup and Henry Rizzo. All three candidates spoke on KCUR's talk show Up to Date. Bunch said he supports addressing the root causes of homicides and violent crime, but not necessarily increasing the police department's budget, which increased to nearly $300 million this year. And Bunch said violent crime remains high. More money does not fix the problem with the police department. Dastrup is Bunch's former legislative aide. She says she opposes a downtown baseball stadium. This is just not our city's priority. I feel like we have so many big issues that we are going to have to work very hard together to solve. I mean, from homelessness to affordable housing. And Rizzo is a former member of the Jackson County Legislature in the Missouri House. He said he supports a downtown stadium. Depends on whether we can get the money. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's no doubt that a downtown stadium brings millions and millions and millions of dollars of economic development benefits to us. Residents can vote early and absentee from now until April 3rd at Union Station, The Whole Person, or United Believers Community Church. We'll be right back.
You listen to this podcast every day because it's your KC local reliable news source. You take us seriously. But you know, we like to get down and we want you to party with us. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host, Ari Shapiro, is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org slash radioactive. Missouri's budget this year is poised to be its biggest ever, with a record budget surplus on hand and some massive spending proposals from Republican Governor Mike Parson. But as you heard a moment ago, some Republicans want to give some of that money back to taxpayers in the form of a drop in the state income tax. And last week, the Republicans on the House Budget Committee revealed they have some different plans on the spending side as well. As we await the full House taking up the budget, maybe as soon as this week, I spoke with KCUR's Savannah Hawley-Bates, who spent a good part of last week watching the committee's process unfold. So Governor Mike Parson started this legislative session with a $51 billion budget proposal, had some big, big ticket items, a whole bunch of smaller expenditures on programs that he hoped would get bipartisan support. And and Democrats, Savannah, were largely favorable. They praised the governor's willingness to address key infrastructure and education issues. So last week, the House Budget Committee moves toward the end of its process, bringing final proposals to, to bring to the full House, which will probably happen this week. Where do all the governor's big ideas stand as of today? Of his biggest ideas, actually, a lot of them are no longer in the budget. Um, As it moves to the full House vote, money for widening um, I-70 has been cut, which was one of his big fixture items. Yeah, that's all we were talking about there for a while. Yeah, it was one of his top priorities, and it actually received a standing ovation when he introduced it at the State of the State address. Um, But that was cut, and as well as money for child care and pre-K programs, even though child care was made a top issue for lawmakers earlier in the session. Okay, well, let's dig into some of those issues a little bit. So uh, as you mentioned, the the Interstate 70 proposal, uh, which was to expand uh, the highway in three different stretches around Kansas City, around Columbia, around St. Louis. It was uh, almost a billion dollars in funding. What happened? So the governor's proposal was cut by Republican Chairman Cody Smith, who represents parts of southwest Missouri. He cut about $860 million in funding to widen the highway in three parts of the state, like you said. Um He said that money will be discussed later on when the committee reviews building projects and can figure out how they would like to prioritize the state's infrastructure, but it's not in the budget anymore. So uh, this isn't done yet. We'll talk a little bit about that, how how it could perhaps come back. But another huge investment that the governor proposed and which Democrats also supported was $700 million for public schools, including more than $200 million for busing, uh, big increases in what the state would pay child care providers, all in the name of work workforce development, making the state a friendlier place for workers. What did the House Budget Committee do about that? Of the $700 million for public schools, Smith proposed to cut more than $300 million of it. That includes $56 million for early childhood education and pre-K programs in public and charter schools. Um, And that wouldn't be universal pre-K. It would just go to schools that had a large free and reduced lunch population. Um, And he also proposed to cut $250 million for future education needs. Um, There were uh, many amendments trying to restore some of that funding, but after debates, it's still cut and will go to the House with almost half as much funding as the governor proposed. 
Um, the committee also ended up cutting money for child care providers. That's not necessarily within the school, um, but it would subsidize um, rate increases for child care providers throughout the state. Um, originally, Smith wanted to cut about $78.5 million to increase rates for child care providers um, because he said the rate increase study was flawed. Um, but he did restore $50 million towards it, uh, which he hmm. said was a good faith uh, that they would fund it as they review the rate study. So that's more than a third less than originally proposed. You know, Savannah, I want to ask you, the state has a record budget surplus this year, like $5.2 billion or something like that. Uh, I guess I'm curious why the need to cut all of this spending when, uh, when the state has this surplus that we've been hearing so much about. You know, there's not necessarily answers to that besides, I guess, just, you know, this sort of tension between fiscal conservatism and wanting to use the money while they have it. Um, Democrat Maggie Nurnburn, who supported, uh, like many other Democrats, uh, many of the proposals that Governor Parson put forth, uh, she said that while they supported the proposed budget, it was still pretty conservative. If Democrats were writing the budget, the budget would look quite differently, right? What is being put forth is a conservative budget. Yet, we have a budget chair who refuses to spend state money, period. And like I said, our state coffers are overflowing, yet we have people in Missouri suffering. Okay. So there's a lot of other details, of course, that we need to, to dig into and that we'll be hearing more about as the House takes this up. But Savannah, I, I know you watched a lot of this process unfold in the committee over this last week. How did it work exactly? How did we get here? So after the budget committee hearings, and they had a lot of them, Smith introduced his revisions, uh, and that was last week on Tuesday. Um, and then the committee debated and amended or attempted to amend many of those revisions, and that was on Thursday last week. They worked until about midnight um, on Thursday, trying to, to change how this funding and this budget was written. Now that that's done, they'll present it to the full House this week. Let me ask you, Savannah, the, the committee, you know, it, it has Republicans outnumbering Democrats two to one. The governor is a Republican. How did the committee end up going in such a different direction than the governor of their own party? So you might think that because all of the governor or many of the governor's proposals were cut, um, that it was Democrats who did the cutting. Um, but actually, it was his own party who voted um, basically along party lines to cut all of these things. So the Democrats voting with the governor. Right, exactly. The wide majority of amendments to restore funding for the governor's proposals or stick to the governor's plan failed on a party line vote um, favoring Republicans. Democrats were uh, the ones kind of pushing all of these amendments to try to get funding here and there wherever they could to kind of, you know, get back that child care funding or get back that pre-K funding. But ultimately, they failed. They also uh, put out a few big dollar items of their own, uh, at least to, to force a vote and see where the Republicans would come down, right? Yeah. So Representative Deb Lavender, who uh, represents portions of St. Louis, proposed over $900 million to assist people with developmental disabilities who don't have proper residential support. So many of these people are currently in hospitals or jails and homeless shelters because they just don't have the staffing to support them in areas where they should be living. So her proposal would have all come from federal tax dollars and would help with those staffing shortages by raising the minimum wage of these employees to $21 an hour. Um, but again, it failed on a party line vote. All right. So the House Budget Committee wrapped up that phase, like you said, late at night last week. 
What happens now when lawmakers return to Jefferson City this week? What will we be watching for? So like we mentioned earlier, it will go to the House uh, for perfection. And then after that, on to the Senate, um, where they can restore some of this funding. They have different rules uh, about the budgetary process, and they can make changes of their own, uh, which is what many Democratic representatives are hoping for. Democratic Representative Aaron Crossley, who represents independents or parts of independents, says he hopes the Senate will restore much of the funding that was cut. I think right now, while we have billions of dollars, and that's billion with a B, uh, while we have billions of dollars in the bank account, we should uh, get those big projects and kind of right-size those things that have been languishing uh, on the side for so long, uh, get those improved so that people can have roads to drive on and schools to go to and libraries to attend. Savannah, is there anything else that stands out to you from last week's conversations in the House Budget Committee? Yeah. So besides the big ticket items that the governor proposed that were kind of um, taken away or cut during this, um, some smaller line items were also cut, including all state funding to public libraries. Libraries have been funded since 1945 when they were written into the state constitution um, to establish and support the library's development. Um, This will be the first time that there's no funding at all. Um, They cut, uh, like I said, the entire state funding, which is about four and a half million dollars. And Chairman Smith said that this was pretty pointedly about the lawsuit where the Missouri Library Association joined a few other organizations, including the ACLU, um, in a suit against the state's book bans. And he said he didn't want to fund this effort, even though it is a privately funded lawsuit. Um, So many are seeing this as sort of um, retaliation for those suits. That was KCUR's Savannah Holly Bates. By law, the House and Senate must agree on a balanced budget to send to the governor's desk no later than May 5th. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Brian Ellison. This podcast was produced by Byron Love, Paris Norvell, and KCUR Studios. It was edited by Lisa Rodriguez. To follow the latest Missouri and Kansas news all week long, and for the latest from Kansas City's NPR station, visit kcur.org. And hey, since I know you love podcasts from KCUR Studios, if you also love science, you should definitely keep listening. We've got the trailer for our new science podcast, Seeking a Scientist, hosted by scientist and science communicator Kate the Chemist. It hits your podcast platforms next month, but stay tuned right now for a preview. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Sometimes the themes of comic books and movies seem so far-fetched. The future, the polar ice caps have melted, and the Earth lies beneath a watery grave. Across the multiverse, I've seen thousands of Evelyns. But actually, the top scientists of our world are exploring some of those very possibilities. Pinky, are you pondering what I'm pondering? If you could live forever, would you? What if we could stop aging? What would it mean to have limitless energy? I'm Dr. Kate Bieberdor. Or if that's too tough to say, just call me... Kate the Chemist. Kate the Chemist. My new podcast, Seeking a Scientist from KCUR Studios, is inviting other scientists to talk about these actual questions. And it's gonna get weird. Like, what's the deal with mind control fungus? Yeah, that's really a thing. It's a podcast where science fiction bubbles out of the beaker and we explore what's possible together. The first episode drops in spring. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast app. 
Seeking a Scientist is made possible with support from the Stowers Institute for Medical Research. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.